Hey gang, everyone all right? Enjoyed the morning so far? Great, right, we are here for day two of True Stories. Who was here yesterday? Well done and you came back, good work. Who wasn't here yesterday? Wow, loads. George has drawn the crowd. I heard George Benson was here. Uh, well, we're very, very blessed today to have uh, the legend that is Georgina Benson here with me. Nice, no, his name. His name is George. Uh, George, come to the microphone. We've got one microphone. We've got to share it. If we both stand like this, really close. Tell everyone a little bit. Uh, who are you? Where are you from? And what do you do? Well, I'm George. Uh, I'm from Brighton, Emmanuel Church. 23 years old, just finished an internship there. And um, I have a bit of a sore throat. So if my voice goes, woo, today, please just be kind and not laugh at me because I'm very sensitive. And um, yeah, if you want to just throw sweets and money and encouragement, you're just so allowed. That's great. <laughs> that would be the, the most amazing seminar, wouldn't it? If everyone just threw sweets and, and money at you. Um, so, George, you're 23. You're from Brighton. Um, I see that you brought your guitar with you. Is that just because you want everyone to know you're good at playing the guitar? Or is that for a reason? Yeah, uh, just, I like to bring it around with me places just so people know I can sing. No, that's going to be part of my story later, and so hopefully that'll be a, a bit of a surprise, but we ruined it a little bit now. Oh. I didn't realise that was meant to be a surprise. Sorry about that. Um, okay, I've got one final question for you, and then you can, uh, you can take us where you're going to take us. Uh, would you rather have hands for feet or feet for hands? I think this is just such an easy question. It's definitely hands for feet, isn't it? Like hanging off trees and stuff. Feet for hands, what are you going to do? What are you going to do with your life? Can't hold a fork, can't do anything. Easy. Although you'd be really good at football, wouldn't you, if you had four feet? You'd get a bit of a, a kind of extra bonus of some kind. Anyway, well, let's give George a big round of applause. Hello, hello. I might take this off the thing. Is that right? I just proper punched myself in the face with it. That was painful. Just going to get over that for a minute. Well, hello. Yes, my name's George. Thank you so much for coming. Is that quite loud? Fantastic. Get used to that because I'm a loud person. As I said, my voice is a bit croaky. So if it goes, then I just want you to be really kind and pretend it didn't happen. Okay? And my voice isn't breaking. I'm 23. I promise you. Some of you are going through that right now. It's not, it's not an easy time. I relate. Um, so you guys are in the True Stories seminar stream. Yesterday you heard a true story from Martha, is that right? Yeah, was it good? So I'm going to tell you today a true love story. Ooh, yeah, yeah, about my own life. So it's going to be fantastic um, because, well, I say so. Um, yeah, but before we get there, I want to tell you a little bit about love. Because to tell you a love story, I want to first explain what love really is. Um, and before I start, I just felt as I was preparing for this, and I always feel when I share this story, and particularly for this moment, that it is not an accident that you are in this room right now. Um, I believe in God, and I believe he put you in this room for this moment to hear this message. So I know you've heard preaching already today, and you're hearing it a lot each and every day at New Day. But I ask you, just for a moment, just for 20, 10 minutes or so, just give it a listen. And I really believe each and every one of you, each and every one of you is here for a reason. And God wants to speak to you. Okay, do you want to hear about love? Oh yeah. Okay, in our culture, in our country... We are obsessed with love, 
Okay, I looked uh, this morning and five of the current top ten songs in the UK are about romantic love in some way. Six, if um, Bad Guy is about love, like, not really sure, probably not. Yeah, terrifies me, that song. Like, oh, what's going on? Um, and that is always the case, right? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about how weird it is that, like, pretty much every song you hear um, on the radio, on Spotify, whatever, is about romantic love? We could write about trees or, or tennis or something, but we always write about love. And it's not just, like, one aspect of romantic love, is it? It's loads of different bits of it. It can be breakups that you're happy about. Thank you. Next, it can be breakups that you're sad about. I was getting kind of used to being someone you loved. It could be unrequited love. Oh, I love you, but you don't love me back. It can be sex, cheating, happy relationships, hard relationships, new relationships. You name a part of romantic love, and we've all heard hundreds of songs on it. Most films, even when completely unnecessary, manage to shove in a romantic storyline. It's in our books, our TV, our films, our songs, and often our friends say things like, I'm sure you've heard some of these. Maybe put your hands up if you heard this said to you. I think she likes you, right? Yeah, you heard that one? Or, you'll never guess what we did last night. Any of your friends ever said that to you? I hope none of you have said that to anyone. You don't have to put your hands up for this last one. Um, but you've never had a boyfriend. As any of your friends said that to you, you've never had a girlfriend. People say it to us all the time. It's in our culture. It's absolutely everywhere. Whether you know it or not, you are being taught daily each and every day that love, romantic love, is something you absolutely need. You're being taught that if you aren't loved like that, looked at like that, pursued like that, then you aren't really living. This is particularly clear on social media. Have you ever seen someone put the, the hashtag relationship goals up? Have you ever seen that happen? Does that still happen? I always roll my eyes a bit because there's always something completely naff, like, oh, he made me a cup of tea, hashtag relationship goals. So I can do that, mate, like, but I'm single, what's going on? Um, yeah. yeah, it's a really interesting thing. And it's even, even the word goals is interesting, right? Hashtag goals. You should aim for that. You should go for that. And obviously, we know the truth is, if you're single and you see a picture like that, like I was joking about, um, it makes you feel like you're missing out. And if you're in a relationship, it makes you think, well, you never made me a cup of tea. Maybe I'm not really having a great relationship like I thought I was. See, it makes us think that we're meant to emulate, to copy, to desire a relationship like that. And if we aren't having a relationship like that, we aren't really living. You might be here because you've never had a relationship, but you came to this seminar because you think it might be something you want in the future. Or maybe there's someone right next to you who you thought maybe you could might get in with in this particular talk. Yeah, don't look left now or right now. It's going to get me awkward. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you're already in a relationship. Maybe you're already in a relationship and you want to find out what Jesus has to say about it. Well, the Bible tells a very different story to the love story our culture tells us. And truth, the truth is so much better than the lies we're always told. So later on, just in a few minutes, I'm going to um, tell you a love story from my life. But first of all, we're going to take a quick look about what love looks like in the Bible. So I'm just going to read a little section from a letter that a guy called Paul wrote to a bunch of people 
but he had to leave, and he was very sad about leaving in a place called Ephesus. And this is quite a long passage, but listen up, listen in, because this is really important, and it will change your life. Ephesians 3, 14 to 19 says this. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. In this passage, Paul is placing the love of God right on our radar. Do you remember what he said at the beginning? For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. This This reason is what he prays for the people he cares about. This one thing. I wonder if you could pray for something that for someone you care about, what would you pray for? What's the end of that sentence for you? For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, that my friend, my family member, even yourself might be what? Happy. Maybe. Maybe they'd do well in exams, make loads of money, find someone they really love and settle down with. Maybe that they're healthy and succeed. See, Paul here, he doesn't pray for any of that. I'm sure he wants that stuff for the people he loves. But he prays for what? He says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, that they, the people he loves, might know this love that surpasses knowledge. His opinion and experience of God's love is so large that it is his number one priority to pray for those he cares about to experience it and to know it. And according to him, this love is no small thing. Did you hear that? He says the love is deep and wide and high and even so big, he says it is absolutely unknowable. It's unknowably big. And that means that the moment you think, yeah, I get it. I know how much God loves me. You don't. You don't. It's so much bigger and so much greater. We're getting ever closer to the love story. But before we do, I want to explore a little bit about what it means that God loves you. What does it mean? At New Day, I'm sure you've heard people tell that to you already. If you've been at church for any length of time, I'm sure you've heard that too. God loves you. Well, what does it mean? Does it mean that he sits on a cloud in the sky with his long beard and strums his harp and thinks, oh, I just really love George? Does he? Well, no. Firstly, he doesn't look like that, and that was a terrible impression of God, okay? He's not like that at all. He does have the emotions. He does think things towards you, but actually, love is so much more. The fact that God loves you means so much more. It says later on in the Bible, in another letter by a guy called John, it says, whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. Okay, listen up, because that is so important. God is is love. So he's not just loving. He doesn't just have the emotion towards you, think nice thoughts, although he does. He is love. And if he is love, that means when he loves you, he gives himself to you. 
If you think about it, if he is what love is, he can't love you without giving himself. And that is exactly what the Bible says that God did. Later on in the same letter, 1 John 4.10, it says this. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. God came down to earth as a man and gave himself for us. He died that we might live where we mess up. He was perfect and yet he takes the punishment. He dies that we might live through him. See, this is the love that Paul is talking about. The self-giving, sacrificial love of God towards you towards you. And that is really key for us to understand about love and relationships. Okay, are you ready to hear my true love story? Here we go. I wish like one of you is. Anyone else? Yeah. All right. For the rest of my time, I want to tell you a love story from my own life. Okay, I want you to picture this scene. So I'm singing at an open mic night. Okay, there's loads of my friends around, bit of bustle, bit of noise. And I'm singing this song. You might have heard it before. Wise men say Only fools rush in But I can't help Falling in love with you And across the room My eyes meet a beautiful girl's And my heart skips a beat See, later on, she told me that was the moment she knew she liked me. And from that moment on, I was absolutely hooked, okay? She was completely beautiful and funny, and she made me feel all gooey inside. Slowly but surely, it seems we would get together. See, I remember one particular night out. She was there looking amazing, and I thought, this is the night. I'm going to go for it. Uh, this is the night that something is on the cards. I was just getting ready, you know, getting ready to say it. And I felt something that's really difficult to explain if you've never felt it before. Okay. I felt God drawn near to me in that moment. And uh, right in the middle of my excitement, right when I was going to go for it, I felt God say, don't do it. And do you know what I said to God? Shut up, mate. I'm going to go for it. I think I know better than you what I really want. Have you seen how good she looks? Genuinely, I told God I absolutely hated him at that moment. And I said, I'm going to go for it. And in that moment, I turned away from God. And I turned to her. And the relationship did start. But it was never what I thought it would be. You see, it was on again. And then it was off again. It was painful, then exciting, and then really difficult. I was ignoring my friends. I was struggling at church whilst giving absolutely everything emotionally, physically to someone, but not getting back what I thought I should. I wasn't getting what I thought the relationship should be giving me. I wasn't happy. Slowly but surely, the relationship deteriorated. It got worse. The ons were shorter and the offs were longer until finally it was over. I was a mess. Emotionally, still in love with her, but with no way of expressing it. Until finally it was over and done. And out of the blue, I get a call from her. She says to me, I want you to hear this from me before you hear it from anyone else. I'm dating someone new.
It was like I was suffocating in that moment. It was like the colours drained from life and I was seeing in black and white. A bit later, I was at a party with a few mutual friends and she was there with her new boyfriend and they were happy and they were laughing and they were in love. Everything I so wanted with her, but with him. I went home and I put on a song. Can I stay? Would it be a sin? Cause I can't help falling in love with you. I'd never been lower. You see, I'd made her my everything, and without her, I was nothing. In that moment, and with our song playing in the background, I self-harmed. That was my lowest point. And after that, I knew I needed help. I went to a friend at church, a leader, a guy I trusted, and I told him everything. It took time, and it was painful, but over the next few months, with the help of a few people, my life started to turn around. My friends and people at church pointed me to God and bit by bit, I discovered everything I was telling you about before, right? That Jesus loved me. The guy who was love gave himself for me. See, it sounds really cheesy, but it's true. Slowly but surely, I was falling in love with Jesus. About that time, a bit later, my best mate got engaged to be married, which was so exciting, and he asked me to be his best man. I was like, mate, absolutely anything for you. He said, and I know you sing, and we really love it when you sing. Can you sing our first dance? And I said to him, mate, anything, any song for you. What song do you think he asked me to sing? Yeah, absolutely. And here's the kicker. She was going to be there with her new boyfriend. So slowly, the day got closer and closer. And I'm practicing it, right, with my friends around because I can't sing this song by myself. It's got too much emotion attached to it. We're getting closer and closer to the day. And before I know it, we're there. We're in our suits. He's getting married. And I keep seeing her across the room in the corner of my eye. I keep catching her and trying not to look. And I'm getting scared and scared and scared. And it feels like the whole day goes past in a blink of an eye. Before I know it, I'm standing like I am now in front of loads of my friends, in front of my friend that just got married and her and her boyfriend. And I have my guitar on. And just before I did it, I said to Jesus, hey, look. I don't know if I can do this, but if I'm going to do it, I'm doing it for you. See, that's what my friends told me to do when I was practicing. They said, if you're going to sing this, you can't sing it to her or about her anymore. You need to sing it to him. So I got up there, picked up my guitar, and I sang this. Take my hand, take my whole I can't help falling in love with you. And the freedom 
and the joy was like nothing I'd ever experienced. I got so overexcited, I repeated the last line a bunch. I can't help, you know, I can't help, yeah, I can't help falling in. It, it was done. I took my guitar off like I just did and just biffed myself in the face again. Ran outside to the car park and screamed like I've won a victory. Terrified this little old man having a cigarette next to me because it was done. It was finished. Those chains that had kept me so tight, I realized, had been absolutely dealt with. See, I'd found my love. I'd found the one I wanted to look at me like that, to, to pursue me like that. And it wasn't a girl. It was Jesus. In fact, I hadn't just found love. I'd found love himself. In romantic love, in sex, in attention, in affirmation from romantic partners, I didn't find anything that I thought relationships would promise me. All that the songs, remember, and the books, and the TVs, and even my friends had told me. See, the truth is, she isn't the bad guy in this story. I am. My obsession with relationships, my idolization of it, my running after it is the bad guy. And I'm not the hero either. God is. He pursued me, he ran after me, and that's the love story. Even when I rejected him, even when I told God I hated him, he still pursued me, and he pursues you. See, he did give himself for us on the cross, but the beautiful truth of the Christian faith is each and every day he gives himself to you. You can walk with Jesus. Jesus says things like, abide, remain in me, follow me. Why? So that your love may be complete. See, don't believe a lie. Don't be like me, chasing after a fleeting feeling, a shadow, something I think will satisfy me. Because the truth is that even romantic love has its, in its rightful place in marriage is just a reflection of the way Jesus loves the church. See, Paul says this in the same letter I read from you at the beginning. He says, this mystery, marriage, is profound, and I'm saying it refers to Christ in the church. Even, even in marriage, which is a good thing to want and to look for, we find it's only really a reflection of the true love that Jesus has for his church and for you. So don't idolize the metaphor. Don't worship the image. Go to the source. Go to love itself. No, go to love himself. The truth is you're searching for love and we all search for love, don't we? Doesn't end in a relationship. It doesn't end in having a boyfriend or a girlfriend. It doesn't end in having a husband or a wife. It ends with finding God. I'm actually in the really early stages of dating someone. And as you've heard from my story, it's quite scary for me to take that faith step. You read it, it's okay not to clap that. That's okay. Um, and it's a huge faith step for me. Okay, It's a scary thing. But the only reason I know I can do it is because what? She's finally the one that could finally satisfy me? No, because I found my love in Jesus. My joy. I found my security. The solid rock I can build my life upon. I found Jesus. And my prayer for you is that you do the same.
Maybe you get married at some point. Maybe you don't. Maybe you get a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Maybe you don't. Does Jesus care? Yeah. But the main point of your life is not that you end up in a relationship. That's part of it. That's part of the gift of your life. The main aim of your life is to know Jesus and to experience him and to love him and to enjoy him. See, the Bible says those that fear the Lord, those who are Christians, lack absolutely nothing. Okay, it's not those who fear the Lord and are married like nothing, but if you're a single man, you're missing out. Right now, as a 12 to 14, you can have everything you need in Jesus. You can experience perfect love and know that it has guaranteed you eternal life. So I'm going to finish just by reading a little bit of this Bible passage again, and I think um, Martin's going to come up and help us with a bit of a response. Can I ask you just to close your eyes? Is that all right? Just where you are right now. I don't know each of your individual stories. I don't know if you're in a relationship. We just really want one. But I do know that you have a God in heaven who loves you and who can give you everything you need, even right now in a moment. I'm just going to read this over us. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you might be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Amen. Well done, George. Can we give George a big round of applause? That was excellent. Really, really helpful. Um, just brilliant in terms of just creative way to tell your story. Um, I guess, George, I'd love to just ask you just a quick question that I think may help us. And I'd love to lead us in a bit of a response as well off the back of it. But I guess, obviously, you've shared quite a lot throughout that in terms of from your own personal story, from the Word of God, to the importance of knowing Jesus. What would you say are kind of less two or three key things you want these guys to leave with today from what you, all that you've shared? Yeah, great. I think uh, number one, for, for many of you, maybe you've never had a relationship, but you really, really want one. And I think my heart for you guys is that you realize that, yes, maybe that's part of God's plan for you, but ultimately you can find everything you need in Jesus. And um, even that last part of the song, take my life, take my hand, take my whole life too. I can't help falling in love with you. I, I, my prayer is that that becomes your song for your life to Jesus and I think the the other group of people maybe you're in a relationship right now and you're realizing actually yeah that sounds a bit like me I think I'm putting this above Jesus I'm looking to this for things that only he can give me and my prayer is that you find everything you need in Jesus and this will be the beginning of a process for many of us Um, I know those are big moments in my story but really it was day to day walking it out with leaders that love me youth leaders people like that so maybe there's some conversations you need to have but those are the two uh, groups of people I think I'm uh, keen on yeah superb so I think before we bring our seminar to an end I think it'd be good to give a bit of a time for us to respond to this Um, and so I guess I'd love to just lead us in a couple of prayers um, around this for a few things. The first one is obviously the key emphasis of George's message to us this morning is that a relationship with Christ trumps everything else. And if you don't know Jesus, as we've heard this morning, as we've heard throughout this week so far, he's inviting you to know him and know love himself today and right now. 
And so can I just ask us just to close our eyes again where we are. It's just a safe way for people to respond. If you wouldn't say you know Jesus and you know his love and that you want to know Jesus' love right now for the first time, can I just ask you just to raise your hand where you are? It's going to take a brave person to do this. But if you're here and you know you wouldn't call yourself a Christian and you want to know God's love, bless you, thank you. Just raise your hand if that's you, if you want to know God's love. Just keep your hands up. Jesus, I want to pray for those that have raised their hands. Thank you that the message that we've heard today is a message of hope and is a message of love. That you love them. That, Lord God, you have made a way for them to know your love. And, Lord Jesus, we pray for them right now that you would draw close to them and that they would know the love of God, that they would be rooted and established in that love and that for the rest of their lives it would be the exploration of knowing the height and depth and length and breadth of that love, I pray. Keep your hand up if you just raised your hand. I'm going to ask you to do something really, really brave now. But I want you to stand up and just come over here. And if, if our ministry team guys are here, if you put your hand up to know the love of God, I want you to just come over here to this side over here. Jump up now, if that was you. Don't worry, if you've got an ice cream lolly thing, don't worry, we'll save you an ice cream if you're worried about losing your ice cream. Just head over here, because we'd love to talk to you about what you've just done. And we'd love to help you. Yeah, give these guys a round of applause. Well done, guys. Amazing. Wonderful. We're probably going to need a few more people to pray with them, it looks like. So if you've got a target wristband thing and you're, you're feeling in a prayer, prayerful mode, um, then can you head over there as well? That'd be amazing. Thank you. The rest of us, just close your eyes again. Don't feel like there's a few more groups of people that God wants to just serve and minister to in this time. So just close your eyes. If you raise your hand this time, everyone's eyes are closed. I want you to know I'm not going to ask you to stand afterwards. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front or anything like that. So if you're fearful now of like raising your hand when everyone's eyes are closed, I'm going to trick you and make you come forward. You don't have to worry. I'm not going to do that, okay? But just as your eyes are closed, I feel those two groups that George just highlighted there at the end, I do feel like God wants to just come and minister to you as well. And so the first group is everyone's eyes are closed. If you, if you don't have a boyfriend or girlfriend... And you know that that is a struggle that you go through. That for you, that's kind of almost that's becoming your identity is that you're the person that doesn't. Maybe lots of your, your friends do have boyfriends and girlfriends and you're the one that doesn't. And you're just finding that hard. Can I just ask you to raise your hand? Because I feel like God just wants to come and bless you. Thank you. Thank you. There's a few hands that have gone up. Keep your eyes closed. Let's honor these guys as they're just praying. This is between you and God, really, in terms of saying that. But this is an act of faith. You're just raising your hand and saying, God, I really want to know you and the fullness of knowing you. And actually, I don't want the fact that I don't have a boyfriend or girlfriend to define who I am. And so, Jesus, they've raised their hands. I just want to pray by your spirit, you would draw so close to them right now. Break the lie of this world that actually the, the most strongest form of intimacy and acceptance we can know is by having a boyfriend or a girlfriend. I just pray you would, I just break that right now and I pray that they would know deep, deep revelation of how close they are to you, Lord God. That they would know your love and your kindness today. That Jesus, they would be defined by their relationship with you more than anything else. And so God, I want to pray even now that there'll be a shift of thinking, there'll be a change in their mindsets, Lord God, and that they would be able to be confident in the love and the acceptance that they have in you, in your name, Lord Jesus. Keep your eyes closed. You can, you can put your hands down, guys. I would encourage you, if you just raise your hand there, if this is a struggle and a battle you're going through, talk to a friend, talk to a youth leader after this. 
George and I will hang around. The guys that uh, can pray will hang around as well. We'd love to talk to you and pray for you too. But if you're here today, and this is the final group I just want to kind of encourage you to, to respond to, and you do have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and you know, I suppose, as George just painted a picture of, actually there's a bit of an unhealthy dynamic to that relationship. That for you, that's like everything. And the kind of your friendships, other friendships are suffering. Your relationship with God is suffering. You're, you're finding yourself drifting away from church because of it. For you, your identity is in the fact that you have that boyfriend or girlfriend. And you're just feeling God's gentle nudge to encourage you to fix your eyes on him and make him number one and most important. Could you just raise your hand where you are, if that's you? If there's anyone here that's feeling that nudge, keep your eyes closed. Jesus, I want to pray. I want to pray, Lord God, that you would help us to be a generation that approach dating in a godly way. I want to prophesy that over every single one in this room. That we would be known for our conduct, for our integrity, for our purity and for our faith more than for who we're dating and how long we've been dating. God, I pray save us from expectations and pressures from friends around us that don't know you and friends that do. And trying to lead us into things that aren't helpful. I pray you would guard and protect and keep us in your love, in your name. Amen. Amen. Bless you. Can we give George one big round of applause for serving us so well?